Hey there, I'm Sarah Zarella, a portrait and wedding photographer and your host for Wedding Secrets Unveiled. This is a podcast where we cut through the complexity of wedding planning, leaving you with everything you need to know directly from the industry experts. If you want to simplify your wedding planning while having fun, of course, you came to the right place. Join me while I guide you through your planning, starting from your engagement to your big day where you say, I do. After photographing for the past 19 years, I am sharing with you tips and tricks to cut through the excess noise because I believe from the moment you said yes, your planning experience should be a magical time in your life. Here you will find episodes that are fun, stress-free, and straight to the point with a fresh, honest take on the reality of what you really need to know about planning your perfect day. Let's dive in. Welcome back to Wedding Secrets Unveiled podcast, friends. So I have a question for you. Have you thought about wedding speeches or wedding toast? Have you thought about who's going to do it at your wedding or are you going to do one? Have you even thought about how to brainstorm, to write it, the do's and the don'ts, how to rehearse for it, and really kind of what makes a great toast? If any of these questions have came into your mind, or if they haven't and now they are, I have the perfect guest for you. His name is Eddie Rice. He is a writer. He also owns Rice Speech Writing. He wrote a book which is available on pretty much everywhere that you can buy books these days. It's called Toast, Short Speeches, Big Impact. Today I'm gonna to be speaking with Eddie about all things that have to do with wedding toast and wedding speeches and how to get the best impact at your wedding. Well, welcome, Eddie. Oh, thank you, Sarah. It's wonderful to be here. I am so happy to have you on the show. You do such a, a unique service for people. So I am really excited for you to explain to everybody who you are, what you do, and who you serve. Sure. Uh, I am a speechwriter. And a lot of my speeches are a balance between uh, corporate speeches, keynotes, TEDx talks. But then in the mix of that are also wedding toasts and toasts for special occasions. I'm the author of the book, aptly named Toast, Short Speeches, Big Impact. And I wrote it as a manual to help anyone who is struggling to get those ideas down on the paper for their upcoming wedding toast or any toast in general. So the book in itself, where can they, that our listeners, grab a copy of the book? Uh, it's available everywhere. So you can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Um, I've got a Chirp audiobook deal going on right now as well, um, and I hope to continue that throughout the month of August and September. Uh, so in audiobook form, um, any form that you want it in, you can find it. Any bookstore should have it. And what I'll do for the listeners is I'll put a link on our show notes which will be on our website at sarahzarella.com backslash podcast for a link right to your book. But with that said, how did you get into this this whole field, I mean, of, of writing wedding toast? Tell us a little bit about that. It was more of a happy accident, to be honest. I started out thinking that I was going to be a public speaking coach. I had been doing really well in Toastmasters and helping other people out with their public speaking abilities tried to launch my own business, and honestly, I failed at it at first. I did not know how to get clients, how to do content marketing, how to put up a website, and it became incredibly challenging for me to find anyone that wanted to work with me. 
So what I did early on is I looked on websites that were the predecessors to Upwork, where you can get kind of gig jobs. And they were sites like Elance and Odesk and Guru. And on there, people were looking for help with speeches. And I, that's where I found my first few clients. And then I started to learn how to do content marketing, how to put together a website, all that fun stuff. And then people started to reach out to me saying, hey, I need a wedding toast. Can you help me? And I was like, sure, of course I can. And that's when I would start to watch tons of videos on wedding toasts that were on YouTube, figure out the general structure of them and you know what made them tick, what made them really good, what made them really bad. And I started to apply all of those concepts to the speech that I wrote for people, started getting rave reviews, and it just built up from there. You know, Eddie, I got to tell you, so being a photographer and doing this for 20 years, I hear my fair share of speeches, right? And there right. is a couple things that come to mind. A lot of the times you hear people say that, like, you know, in preparation for their speech, they researched, they Googled, right? So there's that. So you're right. I mean, people are out there doing the same thing of how you kind of stumbled upon this industry. They're Googling it for themselves. So it's only fitting that someone like yourself comes around and is, like, the answer to help them. Um but the other thing is, I got to say, I could, you know, and gosh, Dan and I, we photograph like 50 weddings a year, tw 20 years, do the math. Um, I could probably count on both hands, and if that and only that, like literally probably no less than 10. Speeches that I just walk away, I'm like, wow, that was good. That was good. I mean, I'm not saying the speeches aren't good, but they're, when you have a wow speech, you have a wow speech, right? Yes. It comes down to preparation and the words that you have on the page as well. It's two elements that you absolutely need. It's the words and the preparation. And too often people wait until the last moment, and that's why you get the kind of average to below average wedding toasts. And also, too, like you said, I mean, I think of a lot of the great speeches. There's, it loops it back in a circle. There's a little bit of humor, a little bit of heartfelt. I mean, I, I, I feel like it has to have all the key points, right? Um, before we get in kind of like the do's and don'ts, and I would love for you to kind of go over that for Wedding Toast, just a little tip for our listeners coming from you, a little public service announcement on, from me to you, is um, as a visual, please don't read your toasts or speeches off of any mobile or electronic technical device. There is something to be said about the uh, essence of the paper. Um, it's timeless, it just looks better. When you start going off of a phone, it dates your imagery. Um, so anyway, just out there, and I'm so sorry for those listeners who may have at one point done that or know someone that's doing that. I'm so sorry, I'm not trying to insult anybody, just please. Just a little take, take, take my advice for what it is. Visually, it looks better when it's on paper. And you also get that backlight off of the phone or the mobile device onto your face, and that can interfere with the photography as well. Isn't that correct? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Eddie, for backing me up on that. Um, all right, Eddie, so let's talk about toast. Tell me a little bit of do's. So in the do's category, I would put down, you know, tell a story. You want to tell a story that honors the person and honors the event. So you don't want something that's going to be a complete inside joke or a summary of what happened on the bachelor trip to Vegas. Um, those are stories to stay away from or stories of past relationships. Those are obviously in the don't category. But you want to find a story that truly shows how great the person is that you're toasting, something that truly honors them. 
Um, and if you can start off and, and craft your speech around that, then you're going to be in a very good spot to have just an overall great toast. Oh, I love it. That's a good little piece. You're right. And then what other do's do you have? I think it really comes down a lot of times to preparation. Um, I tell people that they should be balancing out their uh, the amount that they rehearse with the amount that they write. So it's not enough that you've written your speech the night before. If you're in that you know, kind of scenario, things aren't really going to go well the next day unless you are really good at impromptu speaking. So instead, what I would say is, you know, maybe a month ahead of time, you take two weeks to write out what you want to say, and then the next two weeks to actually prepare and rehearse what it is that you are going to say in your toast. And if you can get that really nice balance of two and two uh, going into it, you're going to be just phenomenal. And then finally, keep it short. Anywhere from about three to five minutes is all you need to give a great toast. You don't need to be up there for seven minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, none of that. Um, instead, there's multiple people that have to speak at the reception, typically. And I would instead urge you to go on the shorter side. It's easier to prepare. And no one ever complained that a speech was too short. And I would, and just for the people who are listening, Obviously, the how quick and how fast you talk affects it, but usually three to five minutes, approximately how many words would that be in a document? What I tell people is budget about 150 words per minute. So if you're talking about three minutes, that's 450 words, and at five minutes, that's, um, was it? 750-ish. Uh, I can't do the math. 750-ish, yeah. yes, exactly. I did the math in the book, uh, so it's definitely in there, uh, and you can uh, review it. But anywhere from about, you know, 450 words to 750, if you're in that ballpark, you're in a really good spot with how long your speech needs to be. And then how about when they're thinking about ending their speech? Is there any kind of tips or tricks that you can tell our listeners about how to wrap up their speech? So there's two routes you can go. You can go the traditional route of finding a really good quote on the internet uh, that fits in your toast. Um, and you can just Google like wedding toast quotes and there's going to be hundreds of them to find. You just say, hey, raise your glass and then you say the quote and cheers. Or what I like to do is find something that's unique to the happy couple, whether it's a song, a book, a movie, and find a quote from that. And you know, mention that this is special to them in some way, quote from it, and use that as your ending cheers quote instead of just one of the ones you find on the internet. It'll make this speech just a little bit more special and unique for the day. Okay, so we talked a little bit about the do's. Let's kind of go into a little bit of the don'ts. Yeah, I think they're just uh, you know the opposite of the do's, to be honest. I think one um, is really watching your humor and understanding who's in the audience you, and that you've got you know, the, the couple's families there and you don't want to say anything that's going to embarrass one or the other uh, members of the couple to anyone that's in the room. So there's just plenty of just um, you know, fails on YouTube where people tell jokes that were not supposed to be told or stories that were not supposed to be told. And it just does not go over well when someone's trying to kind of debut their stand-up comedy career. So I would say, you know, use, use humor, but at the same time, if you're not a very humorous person, don't force it. Eddie, I got a question for you. So you said that when you first started doing this, you did like kind of like a lot of YouTubing. What is like 
the biggest dope cringeworthy speech like that you saw that still stands out to you like oh no oh man i wish i could remember each one but i remember at, at this um there was this kind of like shock jock radio show that put together top 10 best man fails at a wedding and I think this YouTube video still exists. You just have to Google it to, to go find it. I, I believe it does. But it's always, you know, there's just always a few key elements throughout all of these videos. One, the person is, you know, too drunk. They've, you know, <laughs> you know, gone with that liquid courage and taken it way too far. I mean, one shot is fine, but three to five shots before your speech, you're not going to be in a good spot to give it. And then two, they're underprepared. And you can tell they're just winging it up there. And that those two elements combine the alcohol and the under preparation almost always deliver a horrible speech that gets you on YouTube for all the wrong reasons. Well, there you go. You just mentioned two other do I mean two other don'ts, right? Don't be too intoxicated and you know, don't wing it. Um, what other don'ts do you have as far as for the listeners? I think there's um Sometimes what people may do, and this this gets into like a smaller part of you know crafting a speech, but it's it's a really big part of it, I I believe, where people focus too much on one member of the couple and not the other member of the couple. So make sure that you're not just talking to you know if you're the best man toasting the groom and you're only talking to him, that you're not talking to the other person uh, who is marrying that person as well. So I would make sure that you balance out your toast to where you do talk about the other person. And if you don't know them well, take some time before the ceremony to get to know them better so that you have more material for your speech. And I think that will lend itself to a much more balanced toast than making it too completely one-sided um, in what you're trying to talk about uh, on, the, on the given day. Perfect. And then also, too, kind of going back down to my little public service announcement earlier, I think if I don't if I remember correctly, in your book, you mentioned something about don't read off of the cell phone because I know you mentioned the backlight, but you also brought up a good point, which is like your phone could die on you. Oh, very much, very much. If you've got a piece of paper, there's no chance of your batteries dying out with that as well. And what I also tell people as well with the piece of paper, make the font a little bit larger and bold it and then, you know, um, have it on double spacing and it's going to be a lot easier to read and then look at the audience as well. You don't want to make it like 12 point font times new Roman under like really low light. Um, you're not going to be able to read your toast that way. So it's okay to make the font size just a little bit larger um, so you can look down and then look at the audience to deliver the line that you want to deliver. Perfect. So Eddie, we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, I think we should go over with the listeners a little bit about brainstorming, maybe talk a little bit about like rehearse, like rehearsal, and then helping them if they are just so nervous. And then maybe we could talk a little bit about what you do and what you could do to help of course. them. I appreciate you being here. And hey, if you like what you're hearing, I encourage you to check out our website at sarahzarella.com. And don't forget, you can actually subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening so you never miss an episode. And I would so appreciate if you left a fabulous review on Apple Podcasts. Even better, share it with a friend. It's a great way to show your support. And now, let's get back to the episode. All right, well, welcome back to Wedding Secrets Unveiled Podcast, friends. So, Eddie, before the break, we went over kind of general what you do. A little do's, a little don'ts. 
about helping everybody prepare that perfect wedding toast or speech, let's dive into a little bit about brainstorming. Talk to us about this. What can they do? Sure. It's the key part that you need to have um, to get all of your ideas down onto paper. Uh, so what I do, and this is very common to many speechwriters out there, is I will send over a survey of questions for people for them to fill out, such as, you know, what are the best qualities of the person that you're toasting? Um, when were they truly there for you in your life? What are your favorite memories and favorite stories of this person? How have they made you laugh? How have they made you a better person in life? So it's just questions like that to get the ideas flowing. And you just want to answer them as long as you need to answer. Um, you don't want to worry about your, your length at the beginning. Instead, during the brainstorming phase, it's the first phase, you want to get all of those ideas onto paper and then later on put a structure to them and edit them down into that three to five minute length that we talked about earlier. So some of the things that come to mind are, you know, growing up, they would dot, dot, dot. A funny story about them when they dot, dot, dot. I'm trying to think. I can never forget the time when, or maybe like, um, they will make a good husband or wife because. So kind of, you're saying like, just come up with a, a lot of these little thoughts and process and start putting it on paper. Exactly. I think people too often sit down and try to write the whole speech from beginning to end. And I think that's kind of just not the most effective way to write a speech. Instead, you have to take some time to brainstorm your ideas out, test them against other people and find out, you know, what's really resonating, what isn't resonating. And you can do that all during the brainstorming phase. So then once you do the brainstorming phase, what do you do now to get the structure going? Yeah, so this is, um, I recommend a few structures in my book, but the one structure that I like the most is called just tell one great story. And what you do is you introduce yourself as part one. You tell people who you are, um, because that's very important, because half the room probably doesn't know who you are. Then you tell that one great story. And then you give a message that, to one member of the couple, a heartfelt message. And then another message to another member of the couple, to the other member of the couple. And then you just end with your closing cheers right after that. So it's a very simple structure that anyone can follow. And you take those ideas that you had during the brainstorming phase, fit them into each part. And at that point, you should have a pretty good outline of your toast that you can then start to revise and edit. And speaking of cheers, I think also, too, it's really important to note that when you go up there, please have your drink with you. I mean, obviously, you might have to set it aside because you're holding your paper or maybe the mic. But I, I've, so many times I see people at the very end, they go to cheers and, and they're like, uh, you know, I need a drink here. So, you know, just a little little another public service announcement. Right. Right. <laughs> um, right. That's a small detail, but that matters. <laughs> so talk to me about rehearsal now. Sure. So there's a few key ideas about rehearsal. And you can, if you have a long period of time before the toast and you have some extra time to give to it, um, one idea is to join uh, the group called Toastmasters. And it's a public speaking group that meets weekly. And you just Google Toastmasters near me and you'll find a club very much within your vicinity. And you can get help on your public speaking skills um, in that group. You could even try out your wedding toast for them, and um, they would love it um, tremendously. So if you have a good amount of time, I would suggest you know, public speaking courses or even Toastmasters International, a wonderful way to practice. But 
you know, if you don't have a huge amount of time or you just can't make that time commitment, it's about finding time in your day to practice your toast in short bursts, whether that's in the morning um, before you go to work or now that, that most of us work at home, dedicating just a few minutes in the morning before you start your work to do your toast, stealing a few minutes throughout the day to just practice it. Uh, but you want to do it in short bursts where you have your full attention and your full focus on it. And then when you are comfortable with it, I would suggest finding a few family members or friends, kind of your critical friend, the one that can be positive, but not too overly negative. Um, the one that can kind of tell you what's working and what isn't without being too harsh or too happy about everything. Um, that's the person that you want to seek out to get feedback on your toast. But you know, that's what I would suggest doing is just splitting up your day to find pockets of time. And then when you're ready, trying it out in front of a few people to make sure that your lines are landing and things are good. I know that personally, I have a tendency to just speak fast in general. So obviously when I'm preparing to speak, um, I just speak fast. So I was told a few times to practice some techniques of just breathing a little bit. Um, do you have any tips like that? Yeah, I think deep breathing and progressive muscle relaxation work incredibly well to calm yourself down. Um, and I think that's what happens when we start speaking is that adrenaline rush goes through us. And if we're not careful, we can let it, you know, either overtake us and, you know, make us a bundle of nerves when we're giving our toast, or we are going to, you know, be speaking incredibly fast. So one thing you can do is just deep breathing where you take in a breath for three seconds, hold it for three seconds, exhale for three seconds, and then you repeat the process, adding a count to that each time. So then it's four seconds, five seconds, six seconds. And what that's doing is it's calming your heart and your lungs down. Your heart rate and your breathing rate is getting those under control so that you are in a much more focused and relaxed state to give your speech. Wow. I never even knew that. That's a, Now, is that in your book? I believe so, yes. Love it. So, Eddie, tell us now. We've kind of gone through the key points of writing that perfect speech. Obviously, for our listeners, if you want to dive into this anymore, you know, pick up Eddie's book. Can you tell us a little bit about, like, what, what you can do to help our listeners if they, if, they're, if they want to seek out some professional help? Of course, I can help you write your toast from beginning to end. Uh, so the whole process I explained today about going through brainstorming, structuring, writing, editing, I can be your thought partner throughout that whole process. Um, so when people work with me, they go through that whole survey, and then we talk about the answers, and I create a first draft for them, and then we trade that draft back and forth, and we do the editing process together. And by the end of it, usually after about three revisions, we have a really good speech. Uh, so people can find me at ricespeechwriting.com. That's just my last name, like the food, R-I-C-E, speechwriting.com. You can contact me there, and we can get connected to write a speech together. And then what I'll do for the listeners is I'll have all of your contact information on our show notes. Eddie, how much, roughly, without getting into too much of the pricing, because they can contact you, but how much are we looking at that someone in, in your field or does this service, what are they looking for for budget? I would budget anywhere from about $250 to $400 uh, for a speech. 
Awesome. Well, that kind of gives them a little bit of a leeway of what they're looking for in regards to general pricing. So if, if one of our listeners wants to, you know, maybe they're writing a speech or maybe they someone in their bridal party is, you know, how can they basically solicit uh, what's some advice that you could suggest that they solicit your services i mean maybe maybe have you find that couples pay for it and then send it to the you know that person or how can they i guess what i'm trying to what i'm asking is what are you seeing that couples do to solicit your services like let's say they're like a, a couple's listening and they probably think it's a really good idea that their best man and maid of honor or maybe their father or whoever's doing the blessing solicits your services I think that what I what I've had happen in the past is maybe couples recommend me to uh to a person in their um wedding party that's giving a toast. Um also if you are super concerned about who's going to give a toast at your wedding, you can simply say as a couple, you know, we're not going to be traditional in having the traditional roles of, you know, who's giving the toast at the wedding, instead we're just going to self-select who we'd like to give the toast at our wedding and go at it that way. Um, so I've seen that problem resolved where couples say, you know what, maybe we won't have a best man of maid of honor toast. And instead, we'll just have a few special people say a few words. Um, I've seen that done at weddings before. But in terms of couples seeking me out to help with things specifically, I haven't had that happen. It's really been the individual um, maids of honor and best men uh, that say, look, I need some help. And I really want to you know, get this right well, uh, that seek me out. Well, maybe it's a trend now because for those listeners, if you're listening and you feel like somebody that you know that you asked to give a speech could use you, Eddie, you know, that maybe they pick it up, the tab, and send it them, or maybe they just, you know, nudge, nudge, check out this, you know, book or or podcast link, right? <laughs> yeah, that would be wonderful. If, if, if the couple wants to pay for it, I think that's absolutely great. And there is, a, I think, an increasing trend for the couples to actually say something at the wedding. Uh, whether it's just words of thank you at the end or they give their own toast. I've seen that done before as well. So I've had couples reach out when they want to say something um, because it sometimes feels like everyone gets to speak except the couple at times. Uh, so, you know, that's another way that uh, the, the couples can definitely seek out my advice and help for just a few short words of what to say at a wedding once everyone else is done speaking. What about, Eddie, before we get into the wrap-up question, what about somebody who finds themselves to be a little bit overly emotional, they're out there and they've been asked to do a speech. Any tips for someone like that? That's when it comes back to preparation. Um, I, I know it just seems like we're kind of like beating a dead horse on that one, but I think the more you prepare, the more you're going to be ready for those super emotional moments and you can get them over with during practice rather than debuting them on the day of the speech. So I think if you practice in a way that's not too overly emotional and you hold it back, it's going to be a little bit easier than to uh, present in that way. So practice makes permanent, and that's what you can do. It's just in the preparation and the rehearsal. Um, if you're truly having a tough time and it's muddling the message, I, I think at that point um, you, you may just need to get some help from me where we could definitely do private Zoom sessions or another public speaking coach that's out there where they can help you work through some of those issues and processes to deliver a well-balanced, emotional, but not too overly emotional speech. Um, you just have to get some professional help in that case as well. 
Eddie, I find what you do so fascinating, so helpful. It's definitely something that people will take away as a memory. You always remember people's speeches. You always remember, but you may not remember word by word, but you remember how you felt when you listened to that person speak. So it's so beneficial. And also too, like being asked to do a speech is such an honor at someone's wedding. So like you really want to nail it and you really want to do it justice, right? So exactly. Uh, for the wrap-up question, can you kind of go over just quickly three main points that will help couples or those who are listening write the best speech? Sure. First, honor the person and honor the event. If your toast does those two things, you're going to have a great speech. Second, tell great stories, stories that honor the person and honor the couple that are getting married. And third, keep it short. Three to five minutes is all you need to give a great toast. You don't need to go for very long, and it's going to help with your preparation when you keep it short, and it's going to be just a lot easier on the day of to just get it over with and get it done with than worrying about like some 10 or 15-minute speech. No one comes to a wedding for a lecture. <laughs> right? And then rehearse. Rehearse, rehearse, And rehearse. <laughs> That's number four. Rehearse. Please, please, please rehearse. Practice ahead of time. Well, thank you so much for joining me on this week's episode of Wedding Secrets Unveiled. You helped our listeners become one step closer to their journey of a stress-free wedding planning. Can you tell everybody where they could find you? Of course, ricespeechwriting.com, R-I-C-E, speechwriting.com. You can find me there. You can find me on LinkedIn as Eddie-Rice. Um, I should come up as a speechwriter and internal communications um, specialist at the place where I work. Um, but you should be able to find me either through LinkedIn or my website. Uh, both of those are really great places to get in touch with me. Awesome, Eddie. So for the listeners, what I'll have is I'll have all of your information on our episode show notes, which they can all find on our blog and our website, which is at sarahzarella.com backslash podcast. So thank you, Eddie, so much for joining us on this week's episode of Wedding Secrets Unveiled. And I hope that everybody gets some great writing going now. Thank you so much, Sarah. It was wonderful to be here. Awesome. Thank you for listening to Wedding Secrets Unveiled. I appreciate you being here. And hey, if you enjoyed this episode, I want to tell you something. I encourage you to check out our website at sarahzarella.com. We love photographing while having fun, of course. Check out our podcast page on our website for our show notes, along with upcoming episodes with your local wedding experts. Listen in as we help you plan your epic event. And don't forget that you can actually subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening so you never miss an episode. I would so appreciate if you left a review for us on Apple Podcasts. Even better, share it with a friend. It's a great way to show your support and let us know what you think. If you know any wedding experts that would like to be a guest, we have a link directly on our website where they can let us know. Thank you for listening. <laughs>